The epistle for this Sunday after the Ascension is taken from the first letter of St. Peter. Beloved, be prudent and watchful in prayers, but above all things, have a constant mutual charity among yourselves, for charity covers a multitude of sins. Be hospitable to one another without murmuring. According to the gift that each has received, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. If anyone speaks, let it be as with words of God. If anyone ministers, let it be as from the strength that God furnishes, that in all things God may be honored through Jesus Christ our Lord. Please stand for the gospel. The gospel is taken from the end of chapter 15 of the Gospel of St. John. At that time, Jesus said to his disciples, But when the Advocate has come, whom I will send you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness concerning me. And you also will bear witness, because from the beginning you are with me. These things I have spoken to you, that you may not be scandalized. They will expel you from the synagogues. Yes, the hour is coming for everyone who kills you to think that he is offering worship to God. And these things they will do because they have not known the Father nor me. But these things I have spoken to you, that when the time for them has come, you may remember that I told you. Please be seated. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, amen. Dear Reverend Father, dear faithful, today I would like to speak to you about a rather uninteresting topic, but a topic that I think is important. It is a topic related to boredom, but also related to the practice of virtue. And by that, I mean the subject of waiting. There's so much waiting that we have to do in this life, and there's a right way of waiting and a wrong way of waiting. The great Benedictine monk, Don von Zeller, great spiritual author of the 20th century, he says, the whole of man's life is a waiting. And if we learned how to do that right, we have found the answer to the problem of human existence. There's some people who wait too much before they do things, and we call those people procrastinators. And there's other people who do not wait enough, and we accuse them of being precipitate. They are guilty of precipitation. They, they jump into things. They do things too quickly. There is a happy medium, a golden mean between procrastination and precipitation and there's a virtue of waiting, I say, that we want to foster into in our souls that is kind of a mixture or a combination of the virtues of patience and prudence. It's when we sort of find the right time to act, the right time to do things. Specifically, we find God's time, the moment of grace, so that we follow God's plan. We're looking for God's plan, what he wants us to do, but also when he wants us to do it. You know how every Sunday in the Creed, we say that our Lord died, he descended into hell, and on the third day, he rose again from the dead. And this indicates to us that God has a certain timing by which he wants to do things. Our Lord did not rise on the first day. He didn't rise on the 50th day. He rose on the third day. There was a plan. God had chosen an hour for that to take place. 
And the same was true for the ascension. Our Lord, at the, at the Last Supper, he told the apostles, he said, I am going to the Father. I'm leaving this world. I'm going to the Father. And our Lord knew exactly when that was going to happen. He knew that, that he would rise from the dead, and then 40 days later, exactly 40 days, and he probably knew the hour as well, he would rise up into heaven. And then he tells the apostles, wait here in Jerusalem. The Holy Ghost is going to come. Wait for the, for the advocate. But he did not say to them when. God had a plan for when that would happen. He had the plan for the three days. He had the plan for the 40 days. He had the plan for the 50 days of Pentecost. And so many times in our lives, this is, this is the way it works for us. God has ordained a time, the right time for things to happen. But he hasn't told you when that time is. You know that things are going to happen, but you don't know when they're going to happen. God has even willed this to exist in the order of nature. You know that when a woman is expecting and her, her child is growing in our womb, perhaps she has this great desire to see her child. But she can't just have the child come out. She has to wait. She has to wait the time appointed by God. God has appointed that a, a woman has a period of gestation that lasts for nine months. And in the end, it's, it's the child. The doctors say, or the, the scientists, doctors, they say it's, it's really the child who decides when it comes out. It's, it's the child that pulls the levers, whatever, that, that makes it come out. Um, not, not the, the mother's not able to decide that. She has to wait. So too, um, if, we, if we plant a seed in the ground, God has decided that, that it just doesn't sprout immediately, but there's a certain time allotted for each plant. Depending on what plant you, you, you put in the ground, there's a time allotted for it to sprout up. Or your favorite season. If you like the season of summer, the season of spring, you don't like winter, if you want spring to come, you've got to wait the three months for the season to arrive. God has his timing. He has fixed his timing for things to happen. He is our creator. We are here on this earth to follow the will of God. We, we have to look for the timing of God. Think about how some people are so careful in their timing. They, they want to make sure they do things at the right time. They're using a certain worldly prudence, like the thief, the thief who, who wants to break into a store. And he sort of cases the joint for a long time. He, he looks, he, he, he prowls around the place. He notices all the habits of the people who go into the place. I think this was happening to our own priory. Our own priory got broken into a week and a half ago. And the, the thief, he probably knew from his own investigation when the priests were there and when the priests were not there. And he's like, he knew that at a certain time we were all going to be at the school. And so he broke into our garage and then into our house. But thankfully, I was sick that day, and I just happened to go home at, at a time when, when he was not expecting. And, um, and he, he beat a hasty retreat, retreat when he heard the garage door going open. So if the thief is so careful about choosing his times, about investigating, finding the right time to go in, and grab his earthly treasure, 
and amass his earthly treasure, his stolen goods, how much more we, when we are trying to amass treasure for heaven, we're trying to gain a heavenly reward, an eternal reward, how much more we should carefully discern the time of God, the moment of grace, not just what God wants us to do, but when is the right time to do it. We must be more prudent than the people of the world. We must be supernaturally prudent, not just naturally prudent, but supernaturally prudent in the things that we do. Let's just take a few examples in regards to speech. Um, St. Peter mentions that our speech should, should be for God in today's epistle. And there's many occasions when out of charity we should wait before we speak. We should be careful. We may have some information. We may have something we want to say, but we have to choose the right time. So you have a mother of a family, and while the, her husband is away at work, her, her little child breaks his welding helmet, goes into his shop, breaks his welding helmet. And when her husband returns from work, um, she sees that he's had a very difficult day at work. He's not in good dispositions. And she knows that if, if she breaks that news to him right now, at that moment, he's not going to react well. He's not in a good state of soul to receive that news. And so she says to herself, I'm going to tell him, I'm going to wait till tomorrow morning before I tell him that. It's, it's very wise. She's assisting him not to fall into sin, to an excessive rage. Or you receive an email from somebody, and they say, oh, I noticed you weren't at Mass last Sunday, and I knew that, that you know, you have a habit of laziness, and this is just wrong, I'm, I'm really concerned about your soul, whatever, and when in fact, you were just extremely sick. And your temptation is just to immediately hit the reply button and respond in kind. You're angry because someone made a rash judgment against you. And the general rule for us, and no matter what the situation is, that if we're in a state of rage and anger, whatever comes out of our mouth, whatever comes out of our keyboard, is likely to be offensive to God. It's not the right time for us to say things. It's not the right time for us to type things. We need to wait till peace is restored to our soul. And what we will say will be, according to the plan of God, it will be godly. Or say, let's just consider the, the question of secrets. So many times, um, secrets may be entrusted to us. And perhaps the Smith family tells you, they're like, don't tell anybody, but we're moving. We're moving, we're leaving. We're, we're heading, we're heading out to, I don't know, we're, we're, we're heading out to Washington, D.C. And then your brother says, I'm, I'm going to get uh, married in July, and I'm, 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 or in November rather, and I'm going to invite the Smith family. And you say to yourself, you're thinking to yourself, they're not going to be there. They're not going to be there. And your temptation is, I should let them know that they're not going to be there. But it's not, it's not your secret to tell. They told you. It's just for you. So you hold your tongue. It's not the right time. Or you're at a party, and your sister arrives, and she's got a new outfit, but the new outfit you find a bit scandalous. She's like, wow, what was she thinking when she bought this, this dress? And you have this impulse. You want, you want to rebuke her on the spot, say, what are you, what are you thinking? Um, but you realize that if you do that, you're, you're going to embarrass her, 
you're going to cause a scene, and your sister is, is not going to take it well. So you say to yourself, I'm just going to act like normal, like everything's normal, and then maybe you know later on, if, if a couple days later, you're having a friendly conversation with her, and then you bring it up. You say, oh, by the way, you know, I was just was kind of surprised at what you were wearing the other day at that party. So this, this practice of restraining our tongue and not just saying what comes to our mind, but waiting for the right time to speak is an act of prudence and charity. It is us waiting for the moment, the time of grace, the time appointed. Our Lord himself, even in, in today's gospel, he, he mentions to the apostles that he himself waited telling them something. That, that he had some information to convey to them, but it wasn't the right time. That, that when he was with them, he didn't feel the need to say to them, you're going to be persecuted by the world. You're going to be persecuted by the scribes and the Pharisees. They're going to throw you out of the synagogues. They're going to think that killing you is rendering service to God. Because I didn't tell you that because I was with you, but now is the moment. Perhaps our Lord did not want to make them worry, occupy their minds, or perhaps he realized that it would be at the Last Supper they would really be paying attention. They would know that this was like their last time together. And they would really, it would sink into them more. But he's waiting for the right time. We, we not only need to write, wait for that right time with regards to speaking, look for the time of God for me to say something, but also with regards to our prayers. God has a timing with regards to our prayers as well. There is a moment that God has assigned for answering our prayers. We have to have confidence that he will answer our prayers if we pray in the right way. But we must be patient for the timing of God. We have to pray frequently. Um, St. Peter tells us say, to watch in prayer. This is the perfect combination. We bring our requests to God. We, we share with him the things that we need or the worries, the concerns that burden us. And then we watch. We wait for his time. Perhaps we, we need a job. We, we, we lost our job. We, we need a new job. We pray to God, say, dear Lord, um, please find me some employment. We send out our resumes and then we watch. We wait for God to open doors for us. And if it, if it takes, it's like been a month, nothing has happened, it's not God's timing. We continue to pray and wait. Or maybe we're, we're wanting a family member to convert, to come back to the faith. We're praying for them. And it just seems their, their, their heart is, is hardened. Nothing is happening. It's not God's time yet. We keep praying. We keep watching. Perhaps it will be, at some point, there will be a sign. Perhaps they will, um, they will say, hey, um, do you have a rosary? Or do you have a scapular? And it's, it's a sign that, that maybe their heart is turning. And that's, that's the moment of grace. It is through this habit of praying to God for the things that we need, then watching and waiting for his timing, waiting to see some little sign from God, him opening the door. This is how we normally go about following God's plan for our lives. So as they say, my dear faithful, this is so important in, in so many areas, definitely in the area of speaking, definitely in the area of uh, discerning God's providence with regards to our prayers. 
And we have a model for this waiting in the Blessed Virgin Mary. Uh, it's so edifying if we read the gospel carefully to see the behavior of Our Lady, never anticipating the providence of God. Just think of a, of a situation where she's pregnant, St. Joseph notices that she's pregnant, and she's definitely going to be worried about what is he thinking? What, what is he thinking that has happened to me? But she knows it's not for her to say. It's not her secret. And so she has to wait. She has to trust that, well, God is going to let him know. God is going to let him know. Or she's, she's thinking, I'm the mother of the Messiah. The, the Messiah is supposed to be born in Bethlehem. How am I going to get there? Should I just go there now? Because I know this is supposed to happen. But she says to herself, no, no. The, I have to wait for God's timing, for God to direct me. It has to come from God to tell me to go to Bethlehem. And this is what she does. It happens at the last moment when she's nine months pregnant. Or perhaps most difficult of all for Our Lady, waiting for the death of her son, knowing that her son is going to die, but not knowing when he's going to die, and just waiting for God's time. And when the time comes, she's ready, she's disposed her heart, she resigns herself, this is that moment. So this is, this is the time of the liturgical year, precisely when the apostles are with Our Lady, and they're waiting for the coming of the Holy Ghost. It's like Our Lady is kind of conducting the first novena, the first nine-day retreat. She's assisting the apostles to prepare themselves for the coming of the Holy Ghost. She is the spouse of the Holy Ghost. She's closest to the Holy Ghost of all creatures. She's the best position to prepare them. And we, we have to try to be like that. We, we have to um, try to be with Our Lady throughout our life, ask her to assist us to find that right timing of God, to know the timing of God, to know when we are supposed to act, that moment of grace, so that we can follow God's plan in whatever we do in our life. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.